Today's going to look a little bit different, and there's reason for that, And but we want to celebrate this different, and uh, I just want to ask that, yeah, these gentlemen come forward. Ricky, you got it. So today we're going to do um, kind of a question and response. Um, it's not every day. I'm going to drop my Bible. Don't do that. But it's not every day that we get to hear from a cross-section of our community, of our family, and glean from the wisdom. If you don't know, I'm not a father. Um, and so for me, I'm very excited to be asking these fathers, these men of God that I look up to, some questions about what it means to be a father, to be a man of God, and hear some of the response. And I ask that you as well would, would learn with me. And, and listen, if we could, I would have asked probably all of you, what are some insight and some takes? But we don't have time for that because uh, you don't you want to go home for lunch at some point and so and so do I but so I would ask in this time that you would pray with me uh, over this this moment this time um, yeah let's just pray uh, Father God we just ask for your wisdom as we go throughout these questions and these responses God that you would make our hearts ready to receive what is said God that you would prepare the way of these, these gentlemen who are speaking. Lord, you are the great Father, the one above all. And so we are so excited to meet in this place and hear what you have to say through these men and through this time, God. We ask that you use this time. We love you. We praise you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Well, hey, I guess, listen, funny enough, I thought we should maybe do an icebreaker, but I couldn't think of one, so we're not gonna. Um, and that should be okay. Uh, but why don't you do this? Why don't we start with you, Ricky, and just introduce your, yourself um, and just say, you know, what's your favorite color and then how many kids maybe you have? I'm Ricky. My favorite color is blue. And I have six kids. Great. That was weird. I listen, it's meant to be. I want you to be, I want them to feel more comfortable. You're up here all the time, so I'm not worried. Yeah, pray for me. No offense. <laughs> you know, jealousy is a terrible thing, isn't it? How many kids do you have, David? I, I messed up with that one. Kids, okay. uh, we have three grown children, uh, Leah, Andrea, and Ryan, uh, and six grandchildren. Wonderful. So I have a list of questions here that I'd love to ask you guys. Um, and we're going to throw it out. Um, I'll probably start with one of you and then let the others answer. And if it becomes conversation, we're going to let the Spirit lead us in that. Uh, and so I'm going to go ahead and ask John first, and then we're going to toss it to the other guys. John, what does it mean for you as a man to follow Christ? I think one of the things that I really had to come to grips with as being a follower of Jesus and a man is that 
think our world, our, our self-imposed, I, I would say that as a man, I feel this need to be able to solve things, to fix things, to address things, and to, you know, like, that's my responsibility. And following after Jesus, I've had to realize, was not a decision that I made at some point in my life, but it's a decision I make moment by moment. And it's in the context for me of realizing that apart from Jesus, I can't do anything. I think he meant it when he said, apart from me, you can do nothing. And that there are times where you need to lean into the things that, that can't be addressed or fixed. And that, that his call to me is really to be faithful more than to be effective. Um, and, and in those ways, I think he's countercultural to a lot of things that we ascribe to uh, manliness. I don't know. That would be my take on that. Sure. So, but it's moment by moment. Yeah. David, same question. What does it mean for you as a man to follow Christ? You know, to follow Christ is our most important responsibility, not just, not just as a person, but as a father, a husband, a grandfather. Um, just as Ricky said earlier, I'm not a perfect man. I have my faults. I have a temper, believe it or not. I uh, have a lovely wife that keeps me between the lines. And I'm thankful for that. Uh, to follow Christ is all important. Um, I, I've found in, as I get older, I pray more uh, to have the patience, the wisdom, uh, to be humble. Uh, we talked about humbleness this morning and uh, being faithful, how Jesus taught and healed and those that were faithful, uh, he would heal them just because of their faith. I think uh, our faith continues to grow if we apply ourselves and study God's Word. It's one thing I enjoy about teaching the senior men's class. Uh, we have a, uh, a cross-cut a cross of America in there, all kind of experience, all kind of backgrounds. Uh, and I believe we have a really effective fellowship that I enjoy uh, fellowshipping with these guys very much. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'll just kind of combine these two questions. As a man, as a father, to follow Christ. That story this morning in small groups was about a ruler who in a town with a bunch of people in it who know who this guy is. He's probably all over social media and paparazzi's everywhere and everybody knows who he is and his daughter has died and out of desperation he runs to the one person he thinks can fix it and uh, in fact he knows that he can he kind of he begs him master can you come with me my my daughter has died and if you come i know you can raise her from the dead he gets there and this this dad is in desperation and all these people are around him there's a crowd in fact when jesus gets there he says get out of here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take care of this, and they laugh at Jesus. But the faith of this ruler, the faith of this dad to say, I've got to get, Jesus is going to do this, and I don't care what these people around me have to say. I don't care what the rumors are. I'm her dad, and it's time for me to pray, and it's time for me to go to Jesus to fix this. And I think, for me, um, for those of you who don't know our story, we adopted four kids, um, and I mean, we, I mean, we had 
almost teenager, 11-year-old, our oldest, Jordan, was 11. We did not know what we were doing because we didn't have, in his case, we didn't raise them to be that age. And so we were jumping into it completely unaware of what the challenges would be. And out of foster care, a lot of these kids come, they do come, not just ours, but kids in foster care come with trauma. And so to follow Christ for me is is a, a complete reliance that I would not say is unlike every dad, but I would say came for me with blinders on because I didn't know what I was getting into. We desperately wanted children and we adopted some kids and we loved them as our own. But for me to rely on Christ is because we we were jumping into something that was completely crazy and different. And um, so I, I hope that we model that well, that this idea of, of following Christ, praying every day. I mean, in, in, in Paul writes, pray without ceasing. And I don't... I don't know that I pray enough, David, but that's huge. And um, and I love the stories like the one this morning that are those reminders, you know, um, to follow Christ because without him, our kids, there's no telling what would happen, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you actually um, covered both. So now I'm not going to ask you the second question, uh, but I'm going to ask these guys because I asked you, what does it mean for you as a man to follow Christ? And Ricky read both and he read ahead with overachiever. But... What does it mean for you, David, to look? Or what does it look like to be a father and follow Christ? Uh, I think that's a fitting question for our family. Uh, As all of you know, we've been through uh, a crisis this last year, but things are looking much better uh, for our daughter-in-law, who we love dearly. Uh, I am blessed to have a son and two daughters that have just dedicated themselves to her well-being but more importantly we've learned the power of prayer this church family has got behind us and has made all the difference I just want to thank all of y'all in this situation on this Father's Day how much I appreciate all your prayers and support those of her friends family uh, associates uh, our son has been a champion. Our two daughters, I couldn't be prouder of all three of them. Uh, and the power of prayer, the faith in God has has brought her back to health. That's an amazing testimony. You know, for, for Marcy and I, we got married uh, in the middle of me being in chemotherapy. And so we went into our marriage life thinking that as a consequence of, of the experimental and the regime that they were putting me on in chemotherapy, that, that I, we would never have kids. Um, obviously, God healed us with a vengeance. And, um, <laughs> and we became the most fertile people he that, you, that we knew. And, um, and they're all monster giant people. I mean, I'm the smallest guy in our family. So I identify as a short person in 2023. Um, but, but every one of our kids, it's easy for, for me to say, is a gift. I mean, they really are miracles. It's true for all of us that have children, but I think for us, we would go, they are gifts. And I think for me to be a follower of Jesus really means that, that if I'm going to trust him for me, I have to trust him for my children as well. And our adult children have gotten in places and 
made some choices that, man, I wish I could have uh, made them do something different or been there for them. But Marcy and I have learned that in, in following Jesus, when we really say, Lord, we have given them to you, and we've done the best that we can, that in those moments, that there are times where we can have a peace that doesn't make any sense while they are kind of finding their way. And that I think it's offering that same kind of grace and patience that I think my Heavenly Father has for me. And I feel like there's, in, King, in, in heaven, I think there's a lot of God going, bless his heart, watch this, he's gonna do this again. And, um, but he still loves me unconditionally. And I, it's hard to muster that, but I would say following Jesus as a father really means to try to, to pour out into my kids the love that I get from my father. And I don't do that super good all the time, but that's my desire. I'm going to give you a chance. Do you want to add anything? Uh, yeah, I guess all I would say is, I mean, we're, I'm the young guy in the group, and I, I don't, I don't tend to, to see myself as having all the, the wisdom that these guys have as, with grown children. But I would say that um, to, to be a dad is a, a joy. To be a, a Christian man is a privilege. You know, Jesus, because of our Heavenly Father, offered our, our salvation, our way to know him and to be in relationship with him. And in the same way, us as Christian men, not just for our kids, although obviously that's the point of today, but in our church or with our, the people around us, are given the opportunity, the responsibility to be an example of Christ. And especially with our children, especially with our family members. And I'm probably the least of these at being able to do that well. But um, thankfully we have a God who is patient and ever faithful and constantly reminding us and showing us what how to do that better. Um, so, I mean, yeah. The, I'm going to go off script here. <clears throat> how do you find joy in being a dad on a really hard day? David. Well, as I mentioned earlier, our family has been through some hard days. And uh, so as a dad, a husband, a grandfather, a father-in-law, um, I, I think we all take the opportunity to say a prayer whether it's silent or not when we, we have a challenge and there are challenges in families as we, we all know and if you have children you know that firsthand. and uh, I, I have a saying I'm, it may be, sound a little corny but I've always said when your children uh, need correction or they've made a bad decision I've always said you just love them and hug them because you always love them and they're going to make some mistakes I've made my share of mistakes and uh, we'll continue to do that but uh, I think if we go to the Lord and, and uh, it, Ricky as you said you turn them, turn them over to God uh, I think that's the direction we should take we can't hover over them all the time we have to give them to the Lord to protect and uh, that's that's the way I would approach it yeah I, I would agree with David I would say that joy is one of those things that I've learned over time I can't produce I can mm -hmm. only receive it uh, and it really comes to clinging 
with what is true. And even even at times where if I'm looking at, you know, one of my kids who's struggling in an area or there's something that they're going through that, that is just breaking my heart, it, it's through prayer that if I can receive it, there really is some peace. And I think what, what God often does with me is brings to my mind what is really true about his love for them and his care for them and me. And there is there is joy in that. And um, and it's a matter of, I think, sometimes looking beyond uh, their performance at really who they are, that they're mine, and that there's expressions and gifts and talents that they bring about that that really help produce joy. Um, and, and part of me as a younger dad, uh, you know, I kind of wish I could be older me in a younger time because uh, I didn't get sometimes how much I just needed to celebrate them as people and gifts um, and that there were times where I had too much of my identity wrapped up in how they performed. And I think, I think stepping out of not having any of that tapped on or, or letting my affection or love be based on their performance, but really just on the fact that they're mine uh, creates all kinds of room for joy to, to develop in my heart. And that's a good thing to do, but it's, it's intentional. It doesn't happen by accident, you know, and you got to set time aside. I don't know. Well, we have younger kids, um, and so joy is most of the time, as many of you would know that have had children, a decision sometimes, yep. right? But I would also say that for us, we, I think I struggle to find the joy in them when most of the time, despite myself and despite my bad attitude and frustrations and whatever, they're happy anyway, and I should find joy in them. And um, so I, it's a constant reminder that God puts in my heart and in my mind that I have children that I should be finding joy in, even when I just really just want to, you know, something that I, they're sitting here, so I'm just not going to say, but, <laughs> but they know, they know, you know. Um, but they're, they're our kids, right? They're our kids, as John said, and we should find joy in them, and so I think it, it's that simple for me, just that constant reminder when we're in the middle of it. People keep telling me, John, that I'm going to miss it when they're that little. I, right now, I don't buy that, but... We have two men that can testify if that's true. Well, we'll talk when it happens, but I... I uh, most of the time, I don't buy that, but at the same time, I think that's... It's funny, but it should be that reminder of they're this age now, so find the joy in them while they're where they are. Right. Yeah. yeah. Although I will tell you, I miss man, I miss the opportunity to build Legos. That is that is the downside of not having grandkids and having adult children. You know what you all need to figure out? <laughs> what you all need to figure out is that my house is open to you anytime you want. <laughs> they make Lego sets for adults. You know, and I and I want to be clear too that on this journey, you know, I mean I'm talking to, I had said, oh, you need to have joy and pay. I'm man, I'm telling you what I believe to be true, but in, in reality, we are not the only people up here go because there's been times where, yes, I love my kids, but there's been times where I've a few of them I've just wanted to murder and tell God they died. I mean, you know, like 
You know, well, and I was really lucky too. I was I was one of those people that had a fantastic dad. Joe Ed Spencer was just an amazing man. In fact, my mom had said, you know, John David, the whole time that your father and I were married, I only saw him lose his temper five times, and four of those were at you. Um, so I, I get where kids could kind of push you past that limit. But, but really, it's, it's in that capacity to get to the point where, like the stories we read today, where I should never lose sight of the fact the reality is I'm always desperate. And I should be willing to do whatever it takes to get to Jesus. And, um, and it's when I think I can handle it that I will wreck it, usually all the time. That's a good segue, actually, to the next question. So what is the hardest aspect about being a dad and a Christ follower? Um, whoever picks the mic up first wins. So, Well, for me, the um, Bible says that, and I think maybe sometimes it's not kosher in the world we live in today, but the Bible says that the man, the father, is the head of the household, and sometimes that means making decisions that I don't necessarily want to make, and following through with those decisions. And so, whether it's the little kids or our, or our oldest, um, we just have to pray that those decisions, that, and you've, you've already spoken to this, praying that those decisions um, honor God and reflect what His will is in these, in these times and then leaving them to Him. Um, and that is not easy. And the question says, the hardest aspect about being a dad and a Christ follower, if I'm going to say that I'm a Christ follower who trusts him, then I need to trust him with my kids and, and let him do what he does best and get out of the way. Um, but still stick to what I feel like God is telling me to do and making those decisions. Um, it's not easy, but... He's called us as men and as fathers to do that. And so we just trust him in all things. And I, I would say, and I, I'm an overachiever, but the question here down here says, what would you tell a new dad about priorities? And that's what I would say is, in prayer, stick to your guns and just say, this is what we believe God is telling us to do. And just trusting him with it, because sometimes it's really, really hard. Um, but he is faithful. He is good. Yeah, let's go ahead and actually combine that. So what is the hardest aspect about being a dad and a Christ follower? And then what would you tell uh, a new dad about priorities in following Christ? I, to me, kind of, I'll piggyback on what Ricky said. I think um, one of the hardest struggles is realizing that, and I'll quote my dad, although he didn't come up with this because I've heard other people say it too, is that more is caught than is taught. And that my kids learn more about things that I believe by watching how I act than any words I've formed in my mouth and aimed at them. You know, they really look at me and go, how does dad respond to this situation or when this is going on? And do they see him be a person who looks to God's word or do they see him as somebody who prays or, you know, do they does he pray with me and and realizing that I think there is this thing where as if I'm the spiritual head over my household that it's not uh it's not like a class where I'm a teacher it's uh it's like an apprenticeship where I'm a model um and that's hard um 
but it and it requires it, in in our family i would say it requires you know a teamwork as well too so i don't know new dads advice some of it would be really practical and it depends like if you're a new new dad like you've still got you know a kid that's in that useless stage where um you have to <laughs> well they are you just look at them i mean they're you know you can't do anything hey with them. sean you so. got that sensor right for the live stream we're gonna put a sensor over john's mouth so. in the live stream but Marcy and I, like, even, even when baby Joe showed up, you know, we, we shared what we could in, you know, it would be my job to get him up and change his diaper and bring him to her so he could nurse. And then, you know, I would kind of get him back to sleep and put him down. Like, we tried to share those kinds of things. And as a new dad, I would say realize, too, that, that kids, although it doesn't feel like this at all, believe me, I know, but they're temporary in our home. They're, they're guests. They're transitory. They're always going to be my kids, but they're going to leave and cleave, hopefully, and, you know, move out and become on their own. You know, but, but the relationship in my home that's forever is with Marcy. And that as a new dad, you cannot neglect taking care of your wife because she's your relationship that's going to outlast the relationship of the kids in your home. And, um, and I see a lot of people who, when the kids leave the home, that relationship sometimes blows apart because all the effort and energy and emotions were tied into the kids. And so, I, you know, it's, it's part and parcel that you've got to love those kids, but you've got to love your wife like Christ loved the church. Um, and I think, I think that would be advice I would have for a new dad is don't get overwhelmed or, or lose your orientation of, that it's a it's it's a thing you do together. David, you know those are great answers, and I don't know that I have that much to add. But you know that term quality time that became popular, you know, probably the time our children were younger. I think just spending time with your family when you can. Uh, the the only guilt I ever felt really as a parent toward my kids was I, I spent a lot of time working. I spent a lot of time in the reserve system for 20 years after active duty. Uh, my only regret, and I've talked to my kids about this, and they assure me that's not that big a deal to them, but I did feel regret because I was gone and missed a lot of family activities. Um, anyway, I'm, I think I'm past that, but I think just the fact that you spend time with them, uh, I, I'm not sure what quality time really means but I think it did cause us to think about spending time with our kids. So I would just say, as a young father, you know, change those diapers, put the pants on backwards, uh, you know, whatever it takes. Uh, you know, you learn too. Uh, I've, I've, I've always tickled at the time I put the you know, pants on my young son backwards for church. Uh, Lord still loved him. Spend time with him. All right, well, I'm going to ask you guys one last question, and then I'm going to invite the rest of us to pray in a moment. But, but first, I want to ask you this. What has been the greatest joy as a dad in following Christ? Um, David, you start. Well, we all know that children are a gift of God. When um, each of your children are born, 
and you see that young baby for the first time, your heart just swells. You get tears in your eyes, and you just love them from the first moment, and that never quits. And, uh, you know, our children are, are, are uh, older now, uh, have their own children. They've been all been successful. I don't think they've ever asked us for any money, have they, dear? They're uh, on their own, independent, and I'm very proud of all of them and their spouses. Uh, couldn't be prouder of them. Greatest joy of being a dad, I would say, Marcy and I, um, it, and it's, I think we're reaping some of the benefits of what you did when they were all at home. I, I, I will say that I so love this season of life where I can be friends with my adult children. It is a total different relationship and dynamic than when they're under my roof and I'm having to be a parent. I mean, it is really kind of the payola. It'll get there. Yeah. So, um, but that's, that's a joy. And, and when I see them having been people who, who really, the, we were pretty intentional to have to rear them in a way that said, look, uh, where are your passions and what has God gifted you to do and how can you express those? And man, they went and did it. Um, and then I found myself at times going, but those weren't the passions I wanted you to have. And the, that's not how I wanted things to be. But to step back and say, man, I can see them living authentically in that way. And I see them wanting to have hearts and compassions of, that our Father has towards other people. And, you know, where they are on, on those journeys and developments is really uh, a, a great joy. Um, even if it feels different than what I would have maybe mapped out for them uh but you know i think I, we were as a high school kid i was really moved by chariots of fire when eric little you know is telling his family when they're saying you need to get on the mission field and he's going yeah but i'm gonna run in this olympic game and they they can't understand it and he says i don't know why but god made me fast and when i run i feel his pleasure and i think there is a thing about doing the things that God birthed into us that we need to realize that that he's pleased with us because we're his and when we reflect what he created in us and seeing my kids do that is is really a great joy and being able to have adult conversations with them is uh, just amazing I feel overwhelmed at the privilege that that is um for me, and I, I've said this for before, I'm sure. I told Quinn I was gonna to just mention this. Was um, for us, we have six kids. Two of them are biological. They came later. God's funny that way. But we adopted four. Yeah, we adopted four, and the biggest joy I think in that, and the biggest thing that just blows my mind is that when we adopted them, before that adoption, they weren't ours legally. They weren't ours biologically. They did not belong to us. But when we adopted them out of foster care with all of their hurts and trauma and baggage, 
they took on our name and became Johnson's. They became ours. And I think the joy that I have in that, I have to be reminded of it many times, but the joy I find in that is that, well, it's the example of what that, it's the analogy as what it means to be a Christian. And, and when we come to know Christ and he becomes our heavenly father, we've taken on the name Christ as Christians. And we have baggage, trauma, and issues that don't just go away after we become sons and daughters of Christ. We're going to carry it with us probably the rest of our lives, just like kids out of foster care. But you know what? We are his children anyway. And they are our children anyway. And I just, I'm thankful for that reminder that I, many times I have to remind myself, or God has to remind me. But, um, you know, I, God is God is such a gracious Heavenly Father who loves us, and I can just hope that uh, me and myself and as dads and as husbands in the home or as men that are going to be in that direction soon, um, be reminded, if you're a Christian, that you have the name of Christ for a reason. And as a dad, that should be reflected in everything that you do. And in, for the four kids that we adopted, they need to know that they are our children just as much as the two biological ones. You know, I've, I've told people this, and I'll, I'll get off, I'll, I'll stop. I've told people this. No, I've told no. people this. This, as in adoption, I, I've had people tell me, um, well, you have two of your own, and then the four that we adopted. And I have to tell people, well, they have my name too. They are ours. I don't know that I would ever want somebody to tell me um, that I'm only part Christian. It doesn't work that way. Right? We, when we come to be saved and we become sons and daughters of Christ, children of God, we are wholly His. And it doesn't matter what we've done in the past. In fact, that's what He's trying to clean up, right? And I, I've seen two of those adopted children come to know Christ. And that's not because of us. I don't know what would have happened if they ended up in a different home. But you know what? Because of God in his plan, bringing them to us, being able to have our name. Now they have Christ's name, which is so much more important than ours. And I just, if I were to encourage you at all, it would be that that example, that model of Christ in the home, even though I'm not good at it, I'm not good at it, is so important. And the, your last name in their life is not import, as important as the name of Christ implanted and imprinted on their heart when, when and if that day comes and um, just hold fast to it you know the Bible says his word will never return void I believe that any action that you take in the name of Christ for your children it's not going to return void you just trust him with them and he's an awesome God who follows through and uh, so anyway yeah yeah amen amen uh, I'm I'm so thankful for you guys. I'm so thankful for us as a church to have spent this time gleaning from the wisdom of of just you three and what the Spirit led us through. Um, I'm thankful for this day.